place where we talk about daring greatly and living well. I am so delighted today to have with us Sapan Shreemal, someone I've known for a long time, but only seeing after I don't know maybe a decade today. And uh, I'd like to introduce all of you to Sapan. Sapan is uh, the direct director of a company that has a very interesting name. It's called Monk at Work, and it's a consulting firm that specializes in um, mindfulness training for leaders and uh, definitely the entire workforce for enhanced leadership, culture, performance, resilience, collaboration, engagement, and of course, uh, what is most pertinent to the show, well-being. Sapan is a thought leader in this space and has a very rich experience of about 20 years in the study and practice of mindfulness. And what's interesting about him is that he has a background in corporate strategy, which actually helps because sometimes we tend to look at mindfulness and think it's a lot of woo-woo or airy-fairy talk, but actually he has been able to bridge this very difficult divide between the corporate world and that of mindfulness. And his insights have uh, brought a lot of efficiency to many, many organizations across India. Uh, what's also interesting is that Sapan is a certified master life coach and a practitioner of NLP, that's Neuro Linguistic Programming. And uh, he is also a practitioner of Vipassana meditation, something that I have been thinking about in recent times. And he keeps abreast of all the developments in the space of mindfulness. And so uh, I'm so delighted, Sapan, that you could find some time for us to talk to us on Freebird. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Sneh. It's great to be here and thanks for having me here. Absolutely. Um, Sapan, uh, I was reading a couple of quotes, you know, uh, in preparation of the, this talk, as I usually do. And mm -hmm. it said that calm seas do not make good captains. All right. And at the same time, storms do not last forever. Now, even though as individuals, we know this, we know that adversity actually helps us become more resilient. But however, this whole pandemic, I would say, of stress, which has been going on for a long time, it is considered in most statistics and studies as the number one cause of lifestyle diseases. So they actually say that the roots of cardiovascular disease or strokes, et cetera, et cetera, that happen later on in life are seen mm -hmm. early uh, when we have and uh, experience chronic stress. So I just was wondering that something that is so pervasive in society and almost all of us experience it in different shapes or forms, and especially now during COVID times, why is it that we grapple so much with this and why is it that we almost don't have a real solution to it? So, I mean, Sneh, so rightly you said, I mean, we, we definitely uh, need storms to become strong. And one of the storms that we are all facing is stress. But rather than making us strong, it's, it has become a big pandemic. That's, that's so true. And another part that you said is, and, you know, it is so true that even when it this stress is there as a concept for, uh, for decades, we have been working so much around around stress so much. But still, 
we don't have any headway rather we are actually falling further down uh, down the line why is it so why is this is happening one of the simple reasons as you see is stress is completely misunderstood mm. i mean look at the definitions that you have on stress and you would realize that we still don't understand by the way the person who started using the term stress for defining our mental state struggled for his whole life defining the stress and he confessed that really i don't have a clear definition of stress so that's where we are stuck in in um in terms of stress but let's look at it and i think today we are here to discuss about stress and we'll go deep into it yeah look stress in three terms so we have different definitions so one of the very common definitions if you ask any working professionals what is stress so they will give a very very focused definition they will say if my perceived uh demand on me is much much in excess of my perceived capability that's that's how precisely we 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 talk about it mm. that's stress but look at it it's not stress it's a cause of stress mm. so we are defining stress we are in cause now there are many other definitions so it says it's the response of body or mind to a change or to some pressure now again look at it it's a response it's a result we are still not defining stress we are saying this is something happens something you don't know what happens if you look at the psychological definitions they would define it more in terms of mental strain or tension okay which is still not good because it's more a synonym of stress rather than a description of stress we still don't have the core understanding what is the nature what is the character of stress which we can handle and that's the reason we have been struggling only with the symptoms and very very superficial mm-hmm. causes and that's the reason we are not able to solve it and um, this is something which we must address in a scientific manner in a more experiential manner so help us understand sapan what is stress if it's not all of that <laughs> okay so let's okay so let's let's understand it experientially all right um let's take an example let's imagine you you're driving okay any of us are driving in heavy traffic so though we may not be doing it at this point of time but i'm sure we all remember yeah. doing doing and we are heading for a very very important meeting and getting late and in that moment there is someone in front of us who is driving extremely slow <laughs> what happens inside why this person why he is doing like this why she is doing this like this this why comes so much isn't it the traffic signal just got red as soon as we reached there why this happened why this happened and now look at this why a husband or a wife there is a relationship issue and the urge that is coming inside how could this person do this to me how could how could we all have experienced this question inside now these are beautiful questions if taken literally why this person is doing like this or how could this happen to me is a great inquiry with curiosity it's great but we know that it's no curiosity when i'm saying why she is doing or why he is doing like this i'm saying he or she should not be doing like this sure okay why this person is driving in front of me like this he should not be doing this 
like this okay so i am actually pushing what's happening in front of me away i am in resistance so, yeah whenever something like this is happening i am trying to push what's in front of me let's take a very simple example as well mm. yeah. we all have you know seen people pushing the button of the lift <laughs> and you know i mean people are pushing it like two three times as soon as they enter inside yeah closure button the poor lift just takes possibly three or four <laughs> seconds to close but we are like oh my god yeah okay. this why this is happening look at look at this person who is standing outside the lift waiting for it this person says no i just don't want that lift is on the 10th floor i want this here right now i just can't accept the situation that lift is not here you see this is this is resistance this is urge to just push away the reality hmm is stress the nature of stress is whenever there is something which is already there and i am just trying to push away i am trying to resist i am going to destroy it okay and destroy destruction is also part of the stress response that that comes hmm. is so stress is an unreasonable urge to resist or destroy the reality now I more like way, i like the way you said is, unreasonable you know okay. uh but how does one even think that what is reasonable and what is unreasonable i mean we we all i mean we've been exactly in those situations upon that you've yeah. had you know the late yes. meeting standing in front of the elevator and just being so irritated right that's right to us at that point it seems very reasonable you know that we have that's to get somewhere and all of that so how do what's that uh, definition of unreasonable very nice now let's understand the little biological or psychological part of it okay this responses so i would say now this is another confusion or another misunderstanding that we have so we say i am getting stressed but what i would say no no i should not get stressed correct can is am i really doing it and for that let's understand this brain part called amygdala which yes. is inside us Most of us are aware of this amygdala but what it really does is whenever a threat comes it gives the panic reaction it gives the over reaction in such a sudden manner and that's its function mm. see there is a fire or if there is an urgency if lion comes in front of me i cannot be thinking about lion i mean whether it is it's lunch time or not or whether it's really a monitor or not i need to run or i need to fight and that is something which my thinking brain will not do my amygdala will make me do immediately without my thinking brain getting into action correct so amygdala works on autopilot we have just no role in controlling it so we need to understand that and many of the actions which are happening today are not in our control at that particular time now are we completely helpless we will possibly talk about it later but when amygdala has got into the activation and it has started the overreaction that is the time we just don't have any control the action of amygdala has already happened okay i know and the it's a very interesting part of human evolution because amygdala is also called the reptilian brain isn't it absolutely and it's almost the remnants i mean remnants of something that we carry from our evolution 
but so perhaps true. it's not something that is really enabling us today because how many times have you run into a lion in the in oh in absolutely it's so true sne i mean psychologists call this this phenomena as uh, we are an old mind in a new body correct so our is new our circumstances are new but we still react in the same way. look at i mean if you if you just look at our bodily reactions when we get angry or when you get stressed out you would be very surprised mm. so when i'm stressed out my fists clench yeah teeth grit now why would that happen i mean if i have my boss in front of me or if i have i have lost my job mm. to get my job, gritting the teeth and clenching the fist doesn't help yeah but the point is as soon as amygdala gets a threat the only response that it knows is somehow either i have to disappear or i have to destroy fight or flight this fight or flight and both these both these reactions happen almost simultaneously and i am actually going from one extreme to another hmm and uh, the the fist clenching and this thing that we are experiencing is basically i really i am internally pushing very hard what i do outside is different but i'm pushing very hard to actually push the reality away from me i just don't want that reality in front of me yes. now since i'm saying this unreasonable so let's come to the unreasonable part as well is you would see that it doesn't help rationally speaking it doesn't help if so let me give you let's take an let's take an example i mean i i i recall two friends who uh who lost their job they both were working in usa in 2009 and we still remember the the market crash that yeah. happened that now this one friend uh he got so desperate and he he came back to india and he was completely in despair he he just could not accept what's happening to him he was in bad shape uh, he he was getting irritated he he could not just live inside the house without being irritated and without fighting and without having arguments he was you know releasing all all his uh, frustration on on the people who could possibly become the support system mm. this is another fellow you know and Uh, this fellow i remember calling up someone else and saying uh, you know what are the places i can i can visit india at this time mm. and the person okay why are you asking that he said no i just lost the job and i thought let me make an india tour i have been thinking about it for such a long time i said okay i will don't you need to apply and don't you need to look for so so yeah i will do that uh, why uh, why these laptops and mobile phones are there i can apply online and whenever i get call i'll go there now it took time the market crash was bad it yeah. took possibly most 4 5 months to get the job back but the point is uh, he got it the other person also got uh, it even after longer time but he still suffered a lot okay now the point is when we are talking about the resistance the level of resistance which is there inside us which is we are talking about so we are saying resistance is equal to stress yes okay take two extremes there is one person in our case the first person in his mind the resistance was so high that it clouded his mind completely it started the amygdala got over 
active and it started giving very unreasonable actions outside the person could not really do things which could actually help him and now let's come to the other extreme where actually the resistance level is extremely low or almost nil mm-hmm. now when we resistance level nil or very low what happens in that time our mind is clear our mind is empty our mind does not act on amygdala it acts on the prefrontal cortex which which works as our executive brain now any challenge that we face in life now stress is a challenge which has which has come out now if we are operating it with so much level of resistance we just cannot take positive actions rather to contrary people have taken very very extreme actions mm. could be harming someone else or it could be harming themselves right so it be very very problematic so this is the this is the you know the level of difference um let me let me just share one more aspect because i think th- this sometimes get confused uh, how come just level of resistance can create so much and uh, university of wisconsin sun did something very very remarkable on this area mm. so they did a study on 30000 people mm. was very very simple two questions they said what is the level of stressors or work pressures or hardships in your life so you have to just define high medium low and all those they asked another question do you think these hardships these stressors are harmful to you or helpful to you and we do understand that hardships that come in our life play their own role and as you mentioned in the beginning itself you know calm see doesn't help so many times these things are helpful it's about how we perceive them now when the study came out some very very remarkable results came out because what they thought was that people having very high level of stress would obviously have a high negative behavioral aspect so what they did was they tracked how many people died afterwards out of the study mm. and how it took okay mm. negating all the unreasonable causes so they wanted to create these findings and the possibility of they dying prematurely you know what they found they found that people who perceived that we have high level of stress okay most of them they definitely had the you know higher uh uh death ratio and death uh, possibility but the biggest difference came that people who said stress is harmful to me they had 43% higher possibility of dying prematurely as compared to people who said stress levels are high but stress is actually helpful to me these people had even a lower dying possibility ratio as compared to people who had low uh, stress levels in their life now what does it mean is stress as such stress we are saying it's resistance right. now more you consider it is harmful the more you resist if your resistance level go up the stress level go up but if you look at those situations and you are not resisting you are saying okay possibly it would be it, it's it's good for me possibly okay mm. in that situation actually the resistance level goes down uh there is a very interesting thing sapan um, you know like you mentioned that um, these are two uh, person uh, let's say two groups that were tested in this study and uh, mm. i actually 
personally have some sort of an experience with this because you know uh, mm-hmm. my husband is a triathlete right so he started training a few years ago because he wanted to get into these like extreme sports and as you know triathlon mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. running okay. and uh, biking and he used to tell me the same thing that when i used to hear uh, you know oh my god 90 kilometers biking like what in this heat it's so like you know dangerous and he used to say that there is such a thing as positive stress because mm-hmm. the way mm-hmm. that triathletes are looking at these extreme situations you know everyone's heart rate is above 140 their uh, large time sustained periods of time that they are actually putting themselves in these situations but they are coming out of it feeling a great sense of achievement so okay. i found that very interesting that how the human body is so adaptable in a sense that's right that even when the mind looks at something as an actual challenge it can reconfigure and pivot the outlook and actually have very good consequences as opposed to adverse oh, absolutely. absolutely so you you said it so rightly snape now look at it whenever stress comes we are always trying to fix what's happening outside correct it's always the case but we are never looking at it in a way that the level of resistance that i have towards it actually it is creating the problem what if actually it goes on the opposite side hmm. so we about no resistance but what if it becomes a welcoming feeling hmm question is how to do that is a very different uh, yeah, game and, and so can yeah. we talk about that sapan a little bit because okay. look let's see it very practically right we all have different personalities that we think mm. some of us are a little more uh, let's say non resistant to life some of us have learned things a bit differently maybe and so i'm wondering a how does one overcome this resistance to uh, to actually handle stress better and b is it a question of nature versus nurture because like what if i am a high wired personality and i like to go 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 yeah. time and wow. you know uh, how does one navigate that awesome awesome such a great question snape and let's talk about the genetic versus the actual uh, something which we can actually uh, develop grow inside us and we must accept that there is something in the gene something genetic something there is a base level which we are born with there it is a uh, base level joy base level happiness base level resilience yeah. base level habits there is something which we are born with but that has very very minimal impact that's not the huge really? but there is some we grow further and that's where the concept of neuroplasticity comes i think we all are aware of neuroplasticity we always thought rather scientists thought that our brain and neurons actually have the maximum capacity till age of 14 and then the neurons die and we have a maximum capacity to which we can we can have the capacity on memory learning behaviors traits we always believe traits are something which are permanent hmm the book written by dr daniel goldman and dr richard davidson it's called altered traits they say there is something which we can do and we can which we can which can fundamentally change the whole trait wow inside that we are talking about so and i think epigenetics as we talk about yes even if something is in the genes now 
when these genes actually start manifesting or when they start actually giving the impact is actually in our hands. Literally, it's it's in our hands. The negative ones we can actually study and positive ones. So the science of epigenetics is 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 there and it all can be done. Mm. Genetics has, has its own impact. But now with neuroplasticity, we are very clear something which we habituate ourselves more and more. And we can see this in our neighborhood, in our in our common people around. Yes. The people who mostly get stressed, okay, you are seeing them all the time getting stressed in some or the other thing, even on, on very minor things. Very true. Yeah. And there are some people who just don't get stressed out and they have a natural flow like that. Now, what has happened is it's not only genetic, rather they have unconsciously used neuroplasticity to strengthen a particular habit. So I've, I have been continuously overreacting on something. The neural pathways get created and sometimes they become so strong that they become highways. And I am even without a reason or even with minor reason, I get so stressed out. So imagine somebody pushing a lift button but getting so stressed out that why lift is not there. And we know how much that intensity is different from person to person. Absolutely. Nothing but what they have actually accumulated over a period gradually. Even the stress that we experience in this moment, right now, the, the stress that we experience and exhibit is nothing but summation of our accumulated stress plus something which is generated by the external stimuli. So when we are exhibiting something, it also is carrying a lot of past. Okay. So now this is something in terms of neuroplasticity and something which we have created as a habit. Sure. That was a bad news, but the good news is also included in that because neuroplasticity means we can change it anytime and we can reverse that habit. We can reverse whatever we have done gradually. It can be done. Now, how do we do that? And let's understand this, let's understand this part in a more, more detailed manner. And even before going to how do we do that, why not we talk about what do we do in this case? Right. So, for example, we try to um, distract ourselves or we try to put ourselves into like, no, 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 I mean, it is fine. It is fine. Now, look at these responses, what we are doing. Mm. These are nothing but another layer of resistance. So, I was resisting something which was bad. Now, I'm getting stress and this stress is feeling so uncomfortable. Now, I'm saying, no, no, I don't want stress. And so, I'm now trying to push away the feeling of stress, adding on to another layer of stress as well as complexity. Okay, doesn't help, doesn't help. Another thing that people do is keep it inside, suppress it. Because whenever they have expressed stress outside, it has created negative consequences for them. Absolutely, yeah. And this is so harmful because it distorts completely. Stress is an energy. And energy, if it is not released, channelized in the right way, it can distort us emotionally as well as physically. So the mechanism that we are using at this point of time is very, very harmful. And even some of the mechanisms of distraction and other things which are suggested, they're very superficial. Mm. We need to tackle it. It's a pandemic. Okay. I mean, we are doing so much for covid Okay, whole world is there and so much investment. Stress, because it has been operating at a lot larger period yeah. and it has 
direct impact we are not taking it seriously it has to be taken seriously and you we know, need to go uh you know sapan uh, you know as you're speaking i'm almost having like my own narrative run also side by side with yours because as you know and i've uh-huh. shared with many of the people watching today that for me um you know stress was one of the things that actually le- led to my burnout and uh, mm-hmm. i completely agree with you on the two things that you uh, very very well highlighted the first one was of course the resistance or the lack of acceptance of a particular situation even if it's like an elevator you know uh, rushing the elevator and the second very important thing that you spoke about is this uh, method of repression when we suppress our feelings and don't find yes. maybe uh without uh, finding toxic positive outlets i because that can mm-hmm. also be a way that we are just trying to again brush away something just by being ha ha hi hi but That's being right. in complete acceptance of that as the first step towards healing and i'm i'm genuinely uh, you know happy of the kind of work and the and the highlights you're bringing here because i feel like almost every one of us has gone through this experience at some point or time or the other it doesn't matter whether you're a new mother uh, or if you're a overworked professional or if you're a new parent uh, or you've had good big financial responsibilities i think all of us are in various shades of this and it's all so nice. like yeah. as a society we have bought into that culture of go 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 and that this normal and this behavior is okay you know i've had so many conversations personally with my friends or my family where i have actually used this word i'm so stressed i don't have time for you right now or i'm so stressed let's just do it another day and these were huge red flags you know so yeah. the points that you have brought uh to our attention right now are actually i think everyone should evaluate do a little bit of self introspection to understand that it is actually not okay and there is a better way you know and uh, i hope that you know we can we can cover that and so my question to you sapan is also that you know we are inundated okay as a, as a society it is a disease it is a pandemic i genuinely feel that we long time back i don't know if, if it was with the advent of the industrial revolution or what happened but we became uh, robots almost right mm. so when we were in mba school or when we go to college we have those goals i have to get the job i have to get married then i have to have this and somehow we didn't stop to reevaluate ourselves so my question to you is um, how do we pull the brakes now on this and how can we actually look at some practical ways of overcoming this uh, this very clear uh, you know not good way of living great great thanks nay this once we have understood that our existing ways are not working and once you understood that this is one action that we really need to take now i think that definitely motivates us to find out the the real practical ways and to understand that let's first understand the nature of stress sure little more little more uh, you know in a more relevant way we understood that stress is resistance so the level of resistance is stress another characteristic of stress is stress thrives in unconscious state of mind interesting this now we saw that amygdala is 
on autopilot. Now, amygdala works on autopilot and whenever it finds that this fellow is bit unconscious, the person is not in an alert and aware state, amygdala becomes even more hyperactive and it says, oh my God, this person is going to die. I must do something. So I need to be even more, even more active and I need to really raise an alarm. So oh boy. Unconscious, the more amygdala is hyperactive and we can do, I, I hope there are studies around it, the people committing suicides, murders, and some very, very extreme level of uh, acts. And you realize their consciousness level was so low during those moments that amygdala hijack Correct. actually them to do something. Most of the people who, uh, who are afterwards uh, questioned about it, most of them have regretted doing any such acts. So this is very clearly, they were not doing it. There was something else inside them, which was making them do, which was amygdala. Very interesting. What if our resistance level drop? It may not go to zero, but even if from 100, it goes to 80, 80, it works. So what if resistance levels drop? And what if consciousness level, our alertness, our awareness level rises? Now, if that can happen, we can definitely achieve something. Mm. And... Science came out with one activity which can actually achieve both. So today, let's talk about, I mean, for stress, there are hundreds of things. I mean, you know, you need to take care of your sleep, your food, your yeah. priorities. There are so many things which are hygiene. But very rarely do we talk about something which is at the core. These are all external, but something at the core. So this one technique, let's talk about it. Mindful introception. And the word interception means becoming aware of my body sensations. Mm. So very quickly, now I am feeling stressed out. So let's say I just lost my job. I got my, you know, uh, ink slip and I'm looking at it and I'm feeling, oh my God, my life is over. My, I, this, there is nothing which I can do. Uh, it's, it's going to be such a difficult situation. It is, it is. COVID situation, uh, I'll not find job. I'm actually experiencing all this. Now, I'm really required to do something right in these moments, even though the situation is very difficult. And it can only happen if my mind is stable, if the resistance levels are low. Now, one of the techniques, if we really practice and if we become adept at it, we can do that. In that situation, if I start observing the stress in its manifestation in terms of its body sensations. So the way mindful interoception works is you start becoming aware of the stress response in the body. Now, it does two things. One, as soon as the stress hits me and there are multiple responses, multiple body and mind reactions are coming out. One of the reactions is my, my again, fists are clenching. I'm feeling shivered. I'm feeling shrinked. Okay. Most of the times we are all outside. Okay. We never go inside to do this. Mindful interoception is a great technique. And let's go through the three parts of this technique. It's called PIL. PIL? Okay. PIL. It's called pause, go inside, and locate sensations. And let's look at each one of these very, very in detail. Now, pause. And the reason of pause means don't do anything. 
don't say anything don't do anything don't react and simply because we know when we are stressed out and when we are extremely stressed out we can possibly take some extreme actions i know people who said i just resigned and then i said okay then what then they said i regretted so you know when people take actions and then they regret don't take, don't do anything just just pause just do nothing don't even try to uh, you know distract yourself don't try to watch youtube videos don't try to watch your netflix and all just don't do anything okay pause means pause the second step is go inside and this is a very specific instruction go inside because 99% cases whenever there is a stress we want to blame outside we want to blame someone we want to blame situation they are always outside why does this happen to me so from god to human beings to situations yeah, we will the, blame the victim mentality really kicks in at that time absolutely yeah. absolutely because amygdala is very very hyperactive and it would want to just feel better it would want right. to do something right so just go inside and when we go inside we are simply saying inside the body okay and when we go inside the body what do you do locate the sensations and locating the sensations simply mean in this moment let us say i am feeling stressed and my body my head is so heavy mm. okay now just become aware just notice those sensations just just become aware don't do anything don't, don't even try to take away those heavy sensations just become aware in a curious manner that yes this is happening to me right now now the science says as you start doing it okay and i am not suggesting anybody here to apply this formula on such extreme situations okay this is marathon this is everest climbing okay we are not ready for that i would suggest start doing small small things so for example in the traffic we are feeling uh, you know irritated or yeah. we got morning and our mood is bad now we should apply this formula to start with in these situations correct correct it's like muscle training sorry it's like a muscle that you're training i mean you can't it's a muscle building it's a muscle building yeah absolutely if you if you do too much i mean your muscles will ache and it will be problematic and you will be discouraged to apply absolutely. it again absolutely yes yes so use this so pause go inside and locate the sensations now locating the sensations is a very tricky aspect because when we are locating the sensations still there are a lot of thoughts coming in and that's where our muscle building in terms of mindfulness comes handy because mindfulness actually builds the inner ability to witness our present experience stay have that presence the centered presence where we can actually be stable whenever there are adverse conditions are coming in so the mindfulness practice coupled with the pil mindfulness mindful introspection is a great exercise I really like how you have made such a good structure of it, and I'm wondering why is it that I didn't know this before? <laughs> But um, you know, uh, we we come to the lessons as and when we do. But uh, this is another very important thing that you said, which is the element of witnessing the emotion. Uh, right. Like like you said about the amygdala hijack. The word is the hijack. You know, it just takes over the situation, and then we have regret. That's right. but through this pil method that you have illustrated i think it's quite effective in actually not being carried away by that storm and somehow starting to really observe yourself i think it does take 
a little bit of effort in terms of um, detaching yourself from the situation and maybe the heat or the the velocity and volatile emotions at that point but you're right in saying that unless we train these muscles to actually observe what it is that we are experiencing the steps later can't even come because like you know if we don't know the diagnosis what what prescription should we give you know so oh, absolutely absolutely so true so look at it i mean it would be initially now when we think about this pil uh, there will be two type of reactions one reaction would be yeah it sounds simple another reaction no i mean next time when i am in anger mode or i am in stress mode i won't even remember this pil and interception i just want okay yeah. and that's but what would happen is there will be 10 instances in which this happen possibly one instance you would remember and this 10% becomes 20 30 snay believe me our relationship with any of the emotions inside is so sad emotions are our yeah, property yeah i agree with you okay property is a is a, is a bad word Prop, emotions are our companion emotions are our our well wishers they they tell us what they are feeling inside what's the voice inside we must care for them and we have created an enmity with them this is so sad i so agree with you because um you know uh Uh, my own i can only speak from my own experience and there have been times very early in my burnout when i was so not in acceptance of my experience mm, mm. the fact that i had landed up there was hard enough and then i was so not in acceptance of that experience and i kept thinking why for example why has this happened to me why me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know when will it end etc etc but okay. it took me some time to understand that you know this was my body's telling me that snee it is overheated you've gone a bit too yeah. far you need to stop yeah. and pause and maybe rebuild True. again so i agree with you and i i have personally felt that you know non acceptance of that situation and mm. uh, you know uh, sapan I, i i believe that this is probably the starting point that once we are able to really introspect right then yeah yeah, yeah. listen to the guidance our body is giving us because that That's is right. the emotional energy that is being manifested in our body and That's for right. everyone who's listening uh, you know today or uh, on the podcast or watching this show all i have to say is that the stuff that we're talking about is not and i can say this from personal experience yes it is not easy it will not happen overnight just as you cannot imagine to run a marathon overnight if you have been sitting on the couch as a potato so it is literally like that you do yeah. have to do the work but it does work so there is a medicine to the solution and it lies within you so i think that is very very empowering you know to know that amazing amazing uh, great and let me let me just share something i mean you use the word acceptance and non acceptance and i think these are such amazing words but again highly misunderstood words so just let's spend a couple of minutes on this now because many people ask whenever we talk about stress being as resistance and then we say okay here is stress and then you have the least level of resistance so people ask okay so are you are you saying uh, we should accept the situation and again it's a, such a confusing question because acceptance is a great thing 
acceptance is amazing but not as a verb acceptance is not an action acceptance is not something i say okay i need to accept this i will accept this mm-hmm. acceptance is something which arises which arises out of something else mm-hmm. we cannot if we so uh, a wife is very very irritated with the husband not giving time at all and all the time either outside or busy and she is very much stressed out of it and at one point of time she is so stressed out of the stress she is feeling that she says okay now i accept now i accept but has she really accepted actually not she has just suppressed that feeling and she is now just putting a little Wow. You know, yeah and and saying okay you know i'm accepting but it's all the volcano is all all inside it and it's actually creating trouble so acceptance cannot be forced acceptance has to happen by doing something else that's one part second many people start feeling one when we talk about pil many will feel very strange what is this i mean i'm talking about some biggest stress of my life you know my job has gone my this thing has gone something else has happened and you're saying go inside and look at your sensations <laughs> i mean how how silly can it be yeah. uh, and the the suggestion to them is just try it just experience it you have done so much you have done everything outside now why not to try this also because other things have not worked yeah yeah another question that many people ask is okay i mean it seems like as if i'm not doing anything about it isn't it i if i have a stressor if i have a problem i must take action and what you are saying seems such an inactive mode just go inside and start looking at your sensations um, not only it sounds silly but even useless Uh, i'm not taking any concrete actions mm. things on this one you are actually taking a very concrete action because it's not that you are just sitting helplessly resistance level is there and even during that resistance level when the amygdala level is high you are making sure that i am mindful and mindfully i am looking at my sensations is a huge task if you can do that it's an achievement believe me it's very very difficult even in normal circumstances just try sitting and start <laughs> tracking your sensations yeah. in one minute you will be distracted 10 times exactly <laughs> it's a task that you are doing it task for your own health well being relationship success that's you are doing and you're doing this so that your resistance levels are low they come here and and you have a clear mind and then whatever suggestions are coming to you whatever suggestions people are generally giving to you believe me you know all that if i lost the job i know i need to connect with my network i, I know i need to revise my linkedin profile i know i need to you know do something more creative i need to use my time wisely when i am not working i know all these things okay it's just that my mind and my body are not able to do it because i am so much overwhelmed with this so imagine that this simple exercise is taking away that load and making you free i would so love to apply these uh, this method or actually i would love to discuss with you maybe uh, a few cases uh, sapan mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. we can actually illustrate to those watching or keep listening today okay. on how mm-hmm. we can apply this right so uh, i have a few cases that i have here and i'm 
I think I'm going to probably bring uh, talk about two, uh, and I'll combine a few uh, cases together. But uh, the first one, I think, Sapan, we should handle together is uh, the one which is linked to professional scenarios, right? So, yes, we are in COVID times, and uh, some of us have in the community lost jobs perhaps at a very high level after 10-15 years or something. So yeah. the, the first case that I would like to talk about is on handling loss of identity or work-based challenges, right? So um, let's take an example of uh, a man who has recently lost his job at a big MNC and he was a top performer. Right. So think about the performance grades and always being a hero and getting many awards. And suddenly this organization has taken this decision and this has brought a lot of stress into his life. Understandably, yeah. he has to provide for his family and he is currently in a state of despair. And uh, what I, I know that you would agree with me is that somehow in society, men especially find it difficult to articulate their inner despair when it comes to right. challenges as compared to women. This is just my own opinion. I'm not uh, a statistician. Which is true. Which is true. Largely. I have seen this. So yeah. let us look at this case, uh, Sapan, and can you guide us on this individual and how he can, you know, cope with uh, something like this that he's going through? Uh, okay, great. And I think uh, a lot would possibly connect with what we just spoke about, possibly. Yeah. Now, look at this person's state of mind. Now, this person is right now feeling extremely down, extremely frustrated. There are, there are a lot of uncertainties. Uh, this, this person is feeling so helpless because uh, he needs a job. But the point is, whatever he, he or she is, is doing, possibly is... Is, uh, is not leading the results and the person does not know that whatever am I going to do, will I get the job, will I, will I be back in the situation or not? Now, in this given situation, as we spoke earlier also, possibly he need to take all the right actions like you know, creating the LinkedIn profiles and so many things that we, we talk about. And for that, he needs the clear state of mind. And it's very important because it's not only for him to get success, but also because we don't want him to take any wrong actions. Um, it reminds me again of 2000, I think it was 2001 or 2009, I think again, this time when the news of Kartik Rajaram came up. Um, Kartik Rajaram committed suicide and after killing five of his family members. And he said financial troubles. And you know the profile of Karthik Rajaram. He was an ITN. Then he did his MBA from University of London. He was a big shot entrepreneur who sold his enterprise for a million dollars. He was featured uh, in the newspapers as being the future big bright kid on the on the Wall Street and uh, in the in the business uh, industry. This person committed this extreme took this extreme step out of such big despair and we are very fortunate that not many people go to such extremes but we know 
that even people when we are they are not going to such extremes they are living a life which is not at all optimum they have got addicted to something they have started um, even uh, unfortunately there are a lot of domestic violence cases which rose during this uh, pandemic this lockdown period when we thought that people would be together and living more happily more time with the family quality time we, we always wanted to have work life balance and the opposite sides started increasing right. we don't person to actually be taking any of those actions that's the least we we definitely want and his mind if it's in distress in stress and as we say if he is in stress there is a lot of resistance is there amygdala is very very high the first thing that he needs to do is actually to balance out himself okay part of this situation is he has got a lot of time okay so now uh, the time was not available to do any of the mindfulness or any of the you know well-being activities now that part is not there so the suggestion to this person is at three levels i would again go by the technique and this is a very practical technique and that's the reason we are talking about it the the moment this person realizes that i am actually going down the 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 downward spiral and hopefully the person knows and possibly has listened to this conversation the person could immediately start a 20 minute mindful introspection exercise okay and in that mindful introspection exercise it's very simple you don't have to wait for an extreme level of stress to come up mm-hmm. rather person has lost the job we know that this particular thought this nagging thought would always be running in his or her mind always okay so let us say he decides morning 7:30 am i am doing this exercise the person sits or even better can take a brisk walk mm. the brisk is very very uh, helpful in channelizing the body responses the the energy that that body is generating so take a brisk walk and become extremely aware so take the same thing pause go inside so pause don't do anything obviously walk is not you know we are not saying it's an action it's a different thing go inside and locate the sensations now two things will happen and as this person we are talking about this particular person who is possibly doing it for the first time along with the sensations lot of thoughts will come why this happening to me that is happening to me what would happen there are a lot of worrying thoughts on all that will come up again become very very aware mindfully aware that this is what is happening to me don't try to push away anything don't try to solve anything these are not solvable problems these are just the energies which are rising inside our body and mind so just become mindful just become aware if 20 minutes seems too much please begin with 5 minutes please begin with 2 minutes any beginning is good okay make a small beginning and as you as you continue do it more and more believe me as you do it even if you have done it for 5 minutes the level of stress that you had you will feel that it has come down even to some level right. to some extent the level of resistance has gone down and more and more you practice actually speaking more and more it will come down and you would be able to take up some more better decisions now what decisions uh, this person will take it's absolutely up to him i mean we are nobody to guide he knows his situation better we are just helping him where he is not possibly helping himself out in a right manner and i think this is very important sapan to highlight to people that uh, especially to this person in this situation that you know 
you don't need the answers from anyone else like you highlighted before absolutely most absolutely. times in life we know we have the divine intelligence given to us that we know what needs to be done but the storm that we are in sometimes takes our mind to so many different places and maybe like you said the spiral that we uh, start attracting one negative thought after the other after the other after the other and so much of the social conditioning and what will others think of me and you know uh, how will i get back all these worries start actually drowning us so oh, absolutely the uh, the um, the actual activity that you suggested would be able to at least make sure that this uh, tornado can be suppressed not suppressed but used effectively so that there oh, yes, is more yes. clarity of mind yeah oh absolutely you you said it so well sne i mean the storm is taking us so much away and so much on the negative side we know amygdala works on survival basis and amygdala right. love negative news negativity uh, we need negative news negative information to survive positive news does not help us in survival it helps in growth so amygdala is interested only, only that if we are under the influence of amygdala and stress our larger focus is going to be only on negative not on positive we got to come out of that only then we can actually weather the storm beautiful thank you sapan for that i think that's a very practical tip that you have given i will also use this for sure in the days to come um we other case sapan that i wanted us to look at was um actually something that life doesn't prepare us for unfortunately it is on the subject of handling grief so uh, whether it's the pandemic or otherwise a lot of us or many of us are seeing people around us either falling sick or some some people have actually lost uh, their loved ones during this period and i wanted to look at a case where sera has uh, we're looking at a character named sera and she has recently lost a parent okay and this loss that she has experienced came to her as a sudden shock and obviously uh, i think like most of us we are never mentally prepared for such a situation that's right and um, sera of course is finding it very hard to cope with the situation and she is numbing her pain through alcohol uh, consumption mm -hmm. and maybe watching tv mindlessly so um, i believe uh, of course we're looking at some extreme cases that we have uh, you know this put over here but i think the right. subject of handling grief is something that we are all uh, somehow fearful of because we don't know how to That's navigate right. this emotion so uh, can right. we speak to this uh, sapan on how this case could be handled through mindfulness oh wow you know so again grief is that one emotion uh as against many other emotions including anger uh in anger many times the manifestation happens outside which is not always good but grief is one emotion which largely remains inside mm. anger many many people release it out uh, maybe in a healthy way or unhealthy way but it gets out grief is one emotion which is rare which is rare because we might you know show our power with the anger but showing our weakness by crying and again as you were mentioning i mean there is again a gender bias here 
so it's sera but if it had been a male uh, it would be even more difficult because the grief does not get reflected out so one of the biggest problem that happens with grief is it get keeps getting accumulated inside and here again the resistance pushing away the reality remains the same thing wow look at person what's going inside this person this person says no i mean how can this happen i mean how can this this person leave my my life this person be away from my life i mean this person was here this person was so healthy it's just not possible how this so this unbelievability and that non acceptance and that resistance no it can't happen no it can't happen it's very unfair that has happened to me mm. it's something injustice this should not have happened to me this this is something which eats up the person's body and mind and it remains inside continuously and we are never taught how to actually release the grief sometimes Absolutely. we are management tips but grief management tips absolutely i agree with you so wholeheartedly so wholeheartedly yeah while we know that the right way to express grief is crying but crying also again like anger can be healthy or unhealthy absolutely in the in this situation also i'm sure the initial period is going to be very very tough before the mind the possibly the prefrontal cortex starts applying its mind and starts telling the person okay don't harm yourself okay don't be inside do something about it and this is the time when possibly the person starts consoling themselves said okay i mean you know i mean okay fine you know and we say good that the person is gone when the person was healthy yeah. um it's fine this has to happen this is not in our hand these are the consolations which we give now uh, these are these are good so that the person does not take extreme actions we know people take extreme actions even in grief okay so we need to give give these consolations so that the person is stable person is not doing any harm in those periods so these consolations i am not saying they are not not of use they have a role at that time they have a role for that particular time but they don't solve the problem correct because hmm. they are again a superficial cover cover up of what's already inside my emotion is something which is generated from inside and as it has got generated it just cannot be just shut down if it is shut down it will remain inside many times we feel something has come from outside and if i don't think about it i will not feel it okay and this is what many people in grief start doing they start distracting themselves and as you mentioned in this case rightly use of any of the uh, you know active material or i think mobile and our netflix and these things are now uh, equally and <laughs> equally acting yeah. so then start doing it now because in my immediate thought process that particular grief is not coming i at least feel better thank god it's not coming coming forth but the point is even if it's not coming into your conscious thought it's doing its work inside the body it's building it's building it's building it's getting distorted it's doing its own work which would manifest at some point of time in some way which you won't even realize that this was actually part of the same thing it's okay. it's magnificent that 
you know, uh, just to, sorry, not to lose the train of thought there, Sapan, but yes. this is a really magnificent point that you're making because a lot of times people will experience uh, the consequences of stress far later in life, right? Yeah. So it's almost like they'll say that, no, I went through that and I was okay. Like in our regional language, they say, I was okay at that time, but suddenly something will explode, a heart attack might happen, yes. or something else, or a disease yes. might manifest. So this Absolutely. is a very, very important to understand, just because it's okay right now, doesn't necessarily mean that we should not confront these, uh, you know, thoughts within us. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, so the exercise that this person can do, and there are different exercises for different periods, the initial, very initial period, when the trauma is much, much higher, it's highly advisable when you're doing mindful interception. Allow crying to happen a lot. Mm. And I'm saying a lot does not mean we make ourselves. I mean, everything that we are talking about is allowing. We are not, even when we are doing interception, we are not generating any sensations. Correct. We're just being of it. Yeah. Correct. So in that situation, the body would want to release its grief. The best release is cry. And whether it's a male or a female, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. And if you are too shy, whether you are male or female, just go inside somewhere. It doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't matter anyway where we are crying and what support system do we have. We need our own support. That's the most important part. The external support was superficial just to give us the basic convenience. But real work, we ourselves have to do. Absolutely. That's the time when we go inside and if the cry is coming out, if there is a loud cry coming out and saying, no, I mean, it can't happen. Okay. Hug yourself and say, yes, I'm feeling very sad. I'm feeling extremely, extremely devastated. I know that this is happening. And it is not, again, a verb, an action which is going on. Rather, an interception where the feeling of cry coming out and the cry is coming out. My heart, in these situations, the heart feels very heavy, this, this particular portion. And... Yeah, you may want to actually focus on this part. Okay, so the two things will happen simultaneously. One in interception, the sensation on the heart region mm. will be right, and at the same time, action will happen, which is more in terms of the cry. Okay, as the days move and as the person continues to practice this, later on, the person automatically the cry possibly comes down but that that pinch that you know that that feel that you know why this happened to me would still be there it will arise experience that some thoughts will come out okay and believe me uh, i don't know i mean you know this is one of the best ways to pay tribute to somebody who we really love i mean we keep resisting what happened it doesn't help even we are sad and everybody is sad but if lovingly we are remembering this person, every memory, and there is no harm. Many people just want to shut themselves off from the person who has gone. No, why we should? If the person has gone, why do we need to shut the memory of this person? We are shutting it out, out of our discomfort, out of our resistance. Absolutely. But this person had such a great role to play in our life and we should remember this person every time. Why not? But in a very loving memory. And the moment that, that strain that resistance is gone. Believe me, 
one point will come when you will remember this person and you will say wow i mean great i had this time i know i still feel the pain but i actually you know feeling so great the the world will open up when i had those positive feelings during stress during resistance only the negativity only that my life is devastating only these thoughts will come i remember anupam kher uh, organizing a concert when his father died it was not a funeral that was his father's last wish and how gracefully they did it it showed how healthy relationship they had it also showed how much grace possibly anupam kher applied when his father died i'm sure it would have been very painful he was so close to his father but he did that and we have seen it in many cases many places i i remember nida fazli mm. uh, the famous lyricist and poet he wrote a great poem which which is so amazing poem on father when his father died yeah they say that you know a lot of art i mean most artists say this that a lot of art comes from pain that has been that emotion that has give, been given enough time and enough attention yeah. so that it can right. form into something else but you're absolutely right mm-hmm. upon that the human nature with discomfort and like you said earlier alienation of our emotions and feelings is that we try to shut it down but i yes. think that this is a very good advice uh, you're giving that there is a period of grieving and expressing it bodily and only if you allow that to actually happen without resistance uh will you be able to move on to the next stage and possibly in the stage of acceptance and moving on further absolutely absolutely uh we'll take one last case sapan uh which yeah. is uh, something quite interesting because i find that um, everyone's response to this is very very different in life you know so it's on the subject of handling health challenges yeah now mm-hmm. whether uh, it's a small cold or something uh, more significant in life and as we grow older uh, such as the nature of the human body that there could be instances where we come across these challenges and you know the reason why we're talking about all this today is because ultimately it is stress we are looking at the subject of stress and how mindfulness can apply in these various yes. manifestations of stress so the case is of ben very uh, american name here uh, and he's 47 years old and he's suddenly been diagnosed with cancer and uh, he is in a state of shock he has been an athlete all his life very healthy vegan all of that and in this moment he feels like his world has ended so uh, quite an extreme case we are taking here but uh, you know the subject hmm. of health i think this can apply to almost everyone else also going through a pandemic anxiety and taking care of yes. their families and stuff like that so sapan could you please speak to this yeah i mean this is again such a difficult situation and the person who would be going through this would have been and again we we say it's so natural right i mean if somebody has suddenly got this shock uh feeling of despair feeling of this injustice that how can this happen to me is is so natural i am doing everything right and here is this another person who is possibly doing everything wrong and nothing happened all these thoughts start coming up and one obviously it doesn't help in this situation and especially when we are talking about specific case of cancer we know ptsd post traumatic 
stress disorder how much harmful it can be there are studies which are talking about um, ptsd aggravating the cancer situation so whatever we are going through now uh, we may sometimes what we call sometimes is natural is nothing but that amygdalic reaction which comes automatically which we don't have control over as of now mm-hmm. this natural okay which may not be okay there are other ways of natural responses uh, which are rare but we don't call them natural because we don't see them all the time so i remember this book by anthony robbins uh, you know unlimited power and this book i think starts with or in the beginning there is a story of this one gentleman who suffered a major accident and Uh, every time you would ask this person i mean this is before the accident and you would ask how are you doing and this person would say i mean if i had been better i would be twins so uh, that is the response he would always give and this person suffered a major accident big burn uh, in the body and a very very uh, life threatening accident that happened and when this person was in hospital getting the treatment and he was uh, again people who knew him and they asked and how are you doing and this person said if i had been better i would be twins and i would be a twin i mean people were shocked how this person can respond even like this even in that situation that's that's crazy and this person actually had a, a half burnt face he later became he he ran for elections and his slogan was you want uh, you know this won't be vote for me and you won't get another pretty face so so good look at look at the strength this person possibly would have and we sometimes don't think that's natural but it's also natural and the difference is the same thing how much resistance i am carrying to this given situation if i have so much resistance inside me and it is again as we said it is accumulated resistance plus the added situation that has happened so it has to do with my past as well mm. if i asked i have created a neuroplasticity um, led behavior in which i had been strong in which i had not been carried away by amygdala when the grave situation comes that time my amygdalic reactions would be there i mean if if there is a grief if there is a, a, a chronic disease i am definitely going to feel very 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 uh, you know devastated but the amygdalic reaction would be much much more balanced okay so it is accumulated one so now when this person is feeling like that we know that there is a resistance and we know that this is also natural feeling mm. okay now we are talking about these two extreme situations look at some more cases i mean um, i remember there was one person who was being asked who had to take insulin five times a day and this person was asked don't you think i mean it's it's painful to take insulin five times a day He said, "Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's uncomfortable, and I mean, so is shave, shave, and that's also pain. That's also uncomfortable. I mean, you don't want to do that, but <laughs> you're taking those insulin jabs. So the way you take it, how much resistance do you have? So that's where again the point comes to: if this person needs to take the right actions, the right lifestyle, again the resistance level needs to come down. We are coming back to the same things again and again. The first level." is this and this person needs it much more for two reasons one we already spoke about ptsd right the more person has resistance the more his ailment would go worse so i mean it 
it can't be uh, in this situation you you don't have a choice second reason is in this situation you really really need to adopt a very very healthy lifestyle okay and we know even in normal normal circumstance how difficult it is to adopt a healthy lifestyle i i want to put my alarm for 6 o'clock i want to go for a jog i want to eat i want not to eat that chocolate cake i i want to you know do fasting so many things that we say and we say no no leave it i mean you know i i'm not able to do that and everything gets postponed for tomorrow it's so important for this person to make those healthy choices and healthy choices can come only when i am actually in the right state of mind i can actually i am motivated i'm i'm really doing it i think for the uh cancer situation especially today's social system is very much supportive the way correct we are supporting as a society and people are also coming out openly this is such a great support system but again that's external internally it's me i have to manage the mess inside externally it might not be looking like a mess but i know how much mess inside and if i have to manage that again i have to go through the the same cycle and here let's let's look at one study which dr richard davidson mm. one of a very renowned uh, neurologist and psychologist uh, he did this will be very relevant to this particular case so what he did was he studied pain and what he did was he he got and these i mean scientists are very crazy so uh, they got participants of the study and they gave them a heat shock okay so metal, it will give them heat shock and it's painful okay <laughs> but it it's, it's in the range so that it will not burn your skin right okay Give a, give a heat shock. Now, the way it was planned was there will be a buzzer, an alarm will go off. After ten seconds, the heat shock will come. Okay, that's how it was. And they studied a few people who were doing mindfulness exercise, and other was the general target group who were not doing mindfulness exercise, right. and they wanted to see the difference. Now, what they found was very interesting. Um, you know insights from this particular very very famous study they found as soon as the buzzer rang the people who had not done mindfulness exercise the stress level in their head went up immediately immediately in the mindfulness practitioners also it went up but not to that level and even in long term practitioners it didn't go up nothing happened wow now the heat shock was given okay the pain experience was even higher in mindfulness practitioners as compared to the non mindfulness practitioners now this is very important to understand he pain experience was much higher interesting okay soon as the whole thing was off the heat shock was taken away in mindfulness practitioners immediately it dropped but in others it lingered the wow. pain lingered wow. the suffering and here they realize they came out that there are two brain regions one is responsible for pain other is for suffering we always thought you know intuitively that uh, these two are different and actually they they are different i get uh, you know uh, my leg injured and there is a pain and i have a suffering around it how this could happen to me there are two brain regions which are responsible for it and they studied the two brain regions they found out that the suffering part is much more lower in case of mindfulness practitioners while in this case 
the resistance the stress was much much higher even before in the anticipation mm-hmm. now when we are talking about pain diseases cancer or any any such thing in cancer people go through chemotherapy and they are going through a painful experience okay now even when they have to just start for that there is already a stress which starts building up even before the chemotherapy or any other procedure that they are going through starts correct so whole principle applies there now they need to manage their ptsd even much more uh, you know in a more effective manner how to manage again we know that telling that i'll not get stressed will not help it just another level of resistance and another level of stress that is getting created and here again the same thing and here i would suggest they follow a very structured mindful regime okay every day they are practicing mindfulness in different ways so uh, their own eye closing exercise as well as mindful walk mindful exercise mindful fitness mindful eating in different ways which will help them and they do mindful introspection as well to take care of two things one is whenever they are going through a procedure or whenever they are feeling any pain or any discomfort they get into the introspection part and experience wherever they are feeling the pain okay and pain becomes a much more powerful mean to do introspection because sometimes sensations are difficult to feel but if you are feeling pain your mind just cannot go anywhere else but on the pain absolutely so they can they can uh, do that so a general mindfulness exercise using the uh, introspection for the pain and using the introspection to feel the despair as well let the despair that injustice feeling that any any thought that has built up resistant thought that has built up let it not remain inside and we don't have to force it to come out no force okay but just spend 20 minutes and any thoughts that come out any thoughts that come out gradually that resistance that was built up it will gradually come down it's a matter of practice it's a matter of skill it's a matter of how intensely we do it um in these cases in extreme cases the person may want to uh, you know take some help take a, take a course take a coach whatever level they would want to do it uh, they should do it but uh, in these extreme cases a proper regime would be really really helpful thank you sapan and uh, i i love the way that uh, you know you very uh, rightly inter, uh, looked at both the disease itself and also the ptsd that happens and i think uh, this can be true for so many different uh, you know experiences that people have i mean uh, we we have many many uh, people around us who would probably refer to something that happened in the past uh, with the same kind of emotional energy and uh, you know resistance and and mm-hmm. almost looking at an experience as a judgment because this this is the nature of the human mind so yeah. it is very important i believe that uh, not only you know do we practice mindfulness in handling the situation but also to look at it from the aspect of reducing our suffering long term uh, so i i i genuinely believe that that i mean the first arrow is hard enough and then we are putting the second ha- arrow into our bodies so uh, you know it it is uh, definitely something that can be avoided one cannot be avoided as much the second one definitely can so i i absolutely absolutely appreciate that uh, yeah, yeah. point of view um sapan uh, the last question i had for you is something a little more general 
um uh, you know the dalai lama often says that you know if we have mindfulness and if we have meditation in the world there will be no criminals and there will be no you know no no real grief and suffering and personally i i i uh, you know i believe in the sentiment but i was wondering that uh, you know because a lot of times when we look at these statements made by the many many magical minds of the world we think that is unattainable right that's right we think that we are caught mm-hmm. in corporate lives or providing for our family and it's unattainable i wanted to ask you your view on um, the fact that can mindfulness practices as you have illustrated today really go about in bringing large scale social change great okay so now i think we we really need to look at these practices in the right light and whatever we have spoken believe me there would be a lot of people who would possibly watch it listen to it and they would still feel yeah it looks little you know away from practical yeah fluffy going this inside looking at the sensations i mean give me a pill give me a tablet give me a syrup give me something very concrete to do and i know you know there's something happening people have such a hard time in believing in these things and because these things sometimes have some spiritual connotation correct it's real practical logical acceptance becomes little difficult yes but let's look at it this way that um we do fasting as a religious practice okay it's a different thing it's for different purpose but when we are doing it on the doctor's prescription it's a very different thing then we know how how practical how concrete it is now right. when we are, yeah. yeah when we are talking about these practices please understand that these are doctor's prescription <laughs> uh, and uh, believe me mindfulness has already is already part of medical prescription it's it's prescribed by uh, by the medical fraternity all over the world in very very specific situations your uh, medical journals uh, are full of uh, research and findings on on mindfulness rather there are a couple of uh, elements uh, which are of physical nature and mindfulness has shown very very high level of uh promising benefits so one is called tinnitus where you get ringing sound in the in oh. the ears mm. the the second one is psoriasis it's mm. a and so uh, okay so mindfulness does not cure psoriasis but they they have found out that when mindfulness is done along with the medication the medication effect uh, really really becomes much more powerful Absolutely. so don't believe anybody saying that mindfulness can cure physical diseases uh, it's not yet proven we don't know yet so don't believe on any of those hype okay but mindfulness is a as a as a as a technique as a tool is a practical scientific medical objective technique which is extremely extremely beneficial for us it can it can actually change our lives and just because the effects are you know uh, bit gradual yeah because yeah and it just because we can't see somebody doing mindfulness outside mindfulness is not something which is visible outside something which is not tangibly in front of us which we can't touch it it does not mean that it's a fluffy stuff it's yeah. a or it's a, it's a big big stuff um novak djokovic in his book sir to win says my mindfulness practice is as important as my physical practice michael jordan kobe bryant were trained by a dedicated mindfulness coach called George Mumford George Mumford wrote a book called 
uh, mindful athlete. So it's a very concrete technique, concrete practice, and don't get, don't misjudge it by the simplicity of it. Today, mm-hmm. conversation we have discussed such a simple technique. Just observe your body sensations mindfully. It's it seems so simple. Obviously, not very easy to practice, but it seems so simple. But it is equally powerful. Not only in terms of stress and well-being, mindfulness is big time working on achieving peak performance. We talk about deep work. We talk about flow. In in achieving the level of greatness that possibly our lives, our talents, our potential really deserve, mindfulness can be a great tool. Creativity, innovation. So it's it's a very hardcore stuff. That's what you know. I really wanted to emphasize. Yeah. Uh, on on this part we should not and i i request each one of you who is watching who is listening to this is to do your own research and find out how much truth is in there in any of the things that we are talking about now when it can work on individual minds as ne was talking about how now can it can work on the collective minds okay now obviously we are the summation of the individual minds and more and more the individual minds become more mindful okay and uh, it the society will definitely become better we know that uh, and there are there are very clear research which shows that as a person becomes more mindful the person automatically generates high level of empathy the person generates high level of kindness the person can understand not only their own emotions so that they are in a better able you know better position to manage it well they understand others emotions as well and what it reflects is it says that not only i can manage my own well being well i can manage my relationships so well and we know relationships are an equal and important part of that that cohesive ecosystem that we are living in we, it's not only impacting our happiness it's also impacting our physical and mental health the 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 level of relationships the quality of relationships that we have so at an individual level when these things work when it goes to the collective levels it starts creating even greater impact there was one um, study which was done study as an and an experiment they did in uh, some of the communities uh, in usa where they were found they found teenager gangs where um and you know there were gun shootings and Now, at risk, at risk teenagers, I believe. Absolutely, and it's important to understand that. See, they are not the culprits; even they are the victims of the situations and their own minds. Right. And this group started giving them an exercise, very simple exercise, and it's very similar to the exercise that we spoke about PIL. They said, whenever you 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 feel agitated and you're like very angry. and most of the times what people would do when they're angry the, the gun is just there in their pocket and they will take it out and just shoot okay this said whenever you are feeling angry okay just go inside and focus on your breathing take a very simple exercise just focus on your breathing okay 3 minute breathing exercise and they found they actually studied and they found that when people are doing it the number of shootings or number of conflicts or number of fights and uh, you know the uh, the violent uh, cases came down yeah so now here we are talking about on a collective basis a group some uh, an experiment was done and it became success now if it can become success in a particular community on the violent behavior i'm sure the similar thing can be applied at so many places 
Now imagine that we apply this in turbulent areas. Okay. Go where, on, yeah. Okay. Now we are always trying to punish people. Now one of the areas which I which I feel so close to is the prison reform. Okay. Now we have got such an amazing opportunity there are people outside who are involved into crimes and all and we don't have any organized access to them prisons give us such an organized access we can actually do reforms i mean prisons are not meant for punishment prisons are prisons are made to reform them and rehabilitate people into society yeah. and these type of uh, interventions have happened so in usa there are many uh, prisons who are now adopting mindfulness for their prisoners mindfulness has been adopted in multiple police departments of uh, different states it's uh, marine corps in wow. us have adopted mindfulness for their efficiency in india we saw kiran uh, bedi uh, using vipassana meditation in tihar jail and there was a clear research study was done and they found how many people actually uh, you know uh resorted to de addiction they they committed that they will not commit crimes and they confessed so many research came out so i think on a social level this needs to become a revolution so here people individually would benefit as well as collectively they would benefit uh and i think three uh, or four areas are somewhere where we should really really focus on the first area we should focus in terms of social change and i think everybody would you know support that education kids absolutely um adults who are already spoiled uh, what if we educate kids uh, in in mindfulness in the and not only mindfulness mindfulness let us say is just one practice but there are so amazing means for managing our mind and emotions and we actually teach these kids and it is not very difficult so just with my own experience my daughter is going through uh everyday mindfulness practice uh, her school has prescribed every day 20 minute mindfulness practice they will go through wow and even becoming mindful at this stage they have got an exposure to something which they will use after possibly 5 years or 10 years or 20 years when they are really you know feeling the need so having kids getting exposed to this making sure that kids know how to express and channelize my emotions helping kids to manage their attention in the right way should be the foundation of our education should be at the forefront because everything else then can come out after this the second part prison reforms as we have spoken about we should definitely something uh, two areas one is public services mindfulness must go to public services uh, public departments even politicians i think our anchors need it a lot so oh, yeah. it <laughs> it should it should go to go to that one area which is again in my my wish list and i hope this goes in mindfulness going into sports so we we also trained a national taekwondo player uh, for the qualifiers of this uh, tokyo olympics and we really really are pushing that mindfulness becomes a big enabler for uh, the sports people uh, indian sports people to to accelerate their their you know their their whole efficiency their peak performance their emotional resilience and balance so the techniques they are learning the physical stamina they are learning but 
this is the mind which is finally going to use the attention which is going to use the whole technique and the physical strength so this needs to be strengthened really well so we are working towards that so i think once we start working towards this i'm sure as people start looking at the benefits um it's definitely going to go forward uh, we have seen uh, long decades of focus on physical health physical health was not at all a focus uh, at lot of places and now people are taking up sports people are taking to gyms which is a great uh, movement forward now is the time when we need to start talking about the health of our mind yeah. and this is the next revolution we are looking at for next 20 years and we really hope that world comes together start supporting each other and we have a big revolution where we have lot more prosperity lot more uh cohesiveness lot more compassion in this in this world and lot more passion people are really productive people are really living the life of their passion and their potential absolutely that's what would want to live in i love that definition sapan and uh, you know thank you so much for the time you've taken today to really take us through what seems very simple but can have such profound effects in society i personally believe this and i i definitely know that those people who have uh, watched today would want to experiment with a lot of the things that you've spoken today uh, and and really walk this path for the future of uh, the world it's um, it's what can help us weather difficult storms and it is what that can make us much better sailors in this uh, ocean of life so uh, thank you so much sapan really appreciate you appreciate the work that you are doing and uh, really uh, thank you for this collaboration specifically and i'm sure everyone is going to walk away with something of this episode so thank you so okay. much thanks so much thanks so much snap for initiating this and again thanks for having me here really great pleasure thank you thank you